Hey guys, this is Erica Ramirez, senior editor at Billboard. For this week's episode of the Juice Podcast, I have two good friends, Taj, Ronnie, and Michael Arsenault. There we go. Yes! yes. <laughs> I'm really horrible at names, so I'm very proud of myself. Um, why don't you guys tell the listeners what you do? Hi guys, I'm Taj Rani. I'm the associate editor for BET.com and host of our web show, The Warm Up. And that's like a, a new baby of yours. Yes, it's my uh, it's my child and it's it's, in, it's <laughs> infant stages, but um, it's amazing. I love it. Pop culture, everything. I am a freelance writer, which also makes me a bill collector, um, primarily <laughs> for Ebony and Complex, but I've also written for Vulture, BuzzFeed, Esquire. Everywhere. Tom, yes, lots of places. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to bring you guys in to kind of talk about what happened um, this week as far as like R&B and hip hop goes. And I feel like the smart thing to do is to start from Sunday from the MTV VMAs and kind of go from there. And while I solely want to talk about Blue Ivy's flawless performance, because that's all I cared about at the, from the VMAs, we Shade. will we will <laughs> we will young queen leave, <laughs> leave the best for last and start with um, not to say this isn't good, but Usher's performance. At the VMAs, he performed She Came to Give It to You with Nicki Minaj. I don't know. How do you guys feel about the performance? I didn't. How did he did not feel anything? <laughs> I think for me, you know, all artists, I feel like come to a point in their careers where they don't have anything to prove. Usher's spot is solid. And I think that watching him dance, although it's always been part of his thing, it's starting to get a little old. You have a ton of backup dancers to do these great things. Like, I want to hear the vocals. I don't need you on the bass and, you know, doing the bump with Nicki Minaj's behind with your head, which is a great vine and a great, you know, You jet. rammed his entire body into Nicki's it, ass. But when he rested his head on her ass like a tabletop, it may have been one of the, like, top ten moments of the show. But <laughs> I just, um, I don't. I don't know. I, I just, I felt like it wasn't the Usher we all know, love, and, you know, we're waiting for. Yeah. That's interesting. I actually didn't mind the performance. I remember I did tweet, I hope Usher does well because I feel like no one cares anymore. But as far as, like, singing, Usher has gotten better as a live singer, but I particularly, somebody who really likes Usher, does. I don't look to him for vocals. If anything, it would have been nice if he had like a good Janet-style pre-recorded live vocal with a few ad-libs and then just like dance down. I think my problem with Usher is ultimately just nobody cares anymore. And I think it's funny how Beyonce had this like 20-minute set and then the year before, Justin Timberlake had the same thing. And Usher is pretty much on par with them on paper. But he positioned himself in a way where he looks like he's chasing trends instead of like setting it. So now nobody, he's like an afterthought and he shouldn't be. I think for me, I felt the same way. Like Usher, when he performed at the BTS this past year, he did like a seven, eight minute set. And my initial thought was, oh, he's doing what R. Kelly had done the year before. Sort of like a tribute to himself. Mm -hmm. And like Michael was saying, he's at a point in his career where he deserves that respect. And I kind of feel like if they're going to give a Video Vanguard Award, to anyone next year it should be him and I'm a Justin Timberlake super fan but I honestly feel like Usher probably should have gotten it before him and quite possibly Beyonce because he's been in it as a solo artist for a lot longer and he has a lot to um you know on that resume of his when do you think people stopped caring or I think answer? yeah because I think both of you guys agree with each other that people stopped caring right um I think it was more of a gradual thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Usher still is, like, honestly, like, his new songs are actually all really great, and they're doing really well on black radio. I think the problem is it's a lot smaller now, urban radio stations, so the impact isn't as large. But I think 
what he did, what he, it's interesting, Beyonce hasn't really had like a major pop hit on pop radio in years, yet she remains this pop deity. But that's because she makes sure she is on every format, but she doesn't rely on any particular thing. And she just positions herself as Regal, whereas Usher, the minute he started being like Uncle Usher at, you know, the rave with the EDM stuff, <laughs> it just turned off a lot of like hardcore fans. Yeah. And now it's like you're got, you've gotten back to what works for you, but that's only because it's on trend again. I agree there. I think that. When Usher lost me was here I stand. I knew you were gonna blame Tamika. I don't know, and I, I'm not even. I could, but I won't. No, but here I stand for me. I think when you have Confessions, which is like the last great modern R&B album that we've seen and heard, when you go from that in 2004 to like Here I Stand in 2008, it was just almost like you weren't listening to the same artist. I don't think that there was the same amount of care. Like, if you listen to Here I Stand today as an adult, your ear is going to be like, it, it, for me, listening as an adult, it isn't cohesive and it just wasn't great. Like, there are maybe three songs on there that I actually care about. One, and, and none of them are Love in This Club. Like, you know, yeah, whatever. But I think that, I don't, I'm not listening to you in this EDM thing because the thing is, you saw all these artists go to EDM because it was the, the fad it was the quick buck you didn't have to do that like the whole r&b is dead thing it was never dead all you guys did it because you thought that's what you had to do to make money usher's in a position where he doesn't have to step outside of this r&b zone that he knows loves and is really good at to make cash usher was gonna always get his coin so sales wise his edm songs though are his best songs but i think that when it comes to confessions i think that is an album that you could hear now and still enjoy and still feel like it's not dated and you don't have to go back to a certain time to hear mm-hmm. it and then feel it. Like, And I think that's when Here I Stand, I feel like that was a great album when it was released. Like, I remember listening to it and I enjoyed it and your side eye and me touch. But <laughs> when I heard it and I liked it, I don't know if I like it as much now. Like, it feels like it was for that time. I was interning with you <laughs> vibe, at the time yes. and I was listening and I listened the whole summer and I just could not you and Clover love that album I can't quite Here understand yes. yeah but I just it was so great like moving mountains like mm. it was it was a great Name album the best songs on the album you will probably give me the singles those album cuts what are you what well see I'm I like the we'll do what's the we'll do for love like the it's like oh, a, I don't the supposedly the hidden track Oh, what, the, the best, okay, best thing that, with Jay Z. That was okay. <laughs> Wait, I, I but here's the thing: is I can't, I can't enjoy it now as much as I enjoyed it then. But I think it was great. I think it was just very much the EDM thing, though. While those singles have done really well, I think Confessions is where Usher literally should have c- cemented himself as somebody who just flies above. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, yes, those EDM singles so well, but it, what was the what, at what cost? He tried to become a singles artist, mm-hmm. which is very like a pop artist is very fleeting, and they like leave you like you literally need the next hit. Right. Whereas all that did was alienate all of us who right. really like diehards, and now we're like, oh, Usher's here. Okay, like we yeah. I, like I think he could have just literally taken years off the same way Justin. And Beyonce, not as she really didn't take a break, but you know, four did really well, despite having, you know, despite how people painted. Like it still sold more than maybe what Rihanna and Car- Katy Perry were moving at the time. Those are also uh, known as singles artists, so you have a point. Like yeah, Rihanna, and I just think Usher kind of, in chasing the trends, kind of gave up what you know could have been like a more worthy position. I just want right. him to know he doesn't have to. And like Michael said, Justin Timberlake takes off years between albums because. He gives you a quality product. Usher was giving me albums way too quick. And the EDM, like, for what? Leave that to Chris and Rihanna. 
That's what they do. Yeah, I just, I think And this that, new single, what's that new? The new oh, I'm a, I'm I a like fan that. of Believe Me. Yeah, oh, I, I think, love that. Yeah, I'm a fan of Believe Me. I'm also a fan of Good Kisser. I'm not that much of a fan of She Came to Give It to You. I feel like it's a little messy or just too much for me in one song. I like Good Kisser a lot. She Came to Give It to You for me. I needed the music video to actually be able to sit through and listen to the song. Like, listening to it on its own was too much for me. I like it. It's like fish fry music. Huh? See, and that's <laughs> the thing. Like, I give it to you? I like yes. it. I don't know if the Nicki Minaj verse was really necessary for it, but for me, it felt like something that Pharrell may have had left over from a Robin Thicke album that didn't happen because of the well, before album. Before Pharrell even worked with Robin Thicke, there was a, that Twisted song on yeah, the last like, Usher album. See, so good kisser, like good kisser, and she came and give it to you. I feel like are better incarnations of what he had been trying to do for a while. Yeah, but I like believe me. I like it's you know produced by, by Mike Will. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's trying to it's give bit, us a little bit more of the R and B and hip hop. It was sound. a little busy for me. I, I listened to it three times in a row, and I couldn't get past how I felt like the elements of the actual track the itself didn't work. Here, yeah, I think what Usher needs is if he wants to still have this mix of like dance and R&B and, you know, hip-hop feel. And I think he needs to work with producers like that that know how to mix those two genres or more than one genre well. But are we going to listen to someone who's I, approaching I can, 40 do climax? EDM-ish? I was like, Climax can, was really good. He I can listen to Climax anytime. Yeah, like, I feel like that's his sound, assuming that Usher wants to do the whole dance and R&B fields like if he wants to do and you're <laughs> that was modern it was yeah still R&B. Like, it was it was really i think well that done. he's a little he's a little up in the air as to what he wants and what fans want and he's trying to do both as any artist wants to do and i think that's why are you <laughs> like right now i want to just start i don't remember start singing forever young that's usher's problem like Beyonce owns the fact that she's thirty something and she still makes current music, but it's there's a certain maturity there. But she owns who she is. Even Justin does because um, Good Kisser is better to me than Suit and Tie. I can agree there. You can't agree. Well, because Suit and Tie was not the strongest song on that album. It was yeah. that radio. It was the the lead that he needed. But um, Good Kisser is absolutely. I don't think Good Kisser has gotten the burn it deserved. I love it. Yeah. I, I don't. Know. I like. About I like. Sex. Believe me. I know. <laughs> it's. it's I like Believe Me better than all the past two. But I'm, I think it's because it gives us that old Usher feel because it has the hip-hop kind of feel I to it. That. I like Believe Me more. It's like, yeah. it's like classic Usher, but like modernized in a nice little way. I, I say that like he's like 50, but you know what I mean. But okay, so but that's the thing is that even like when Taj brought up him doing um, the tribute performance at the BT Awards, it was to kind himself. of, yeah, to himself, it's kind of like, should you have done that or should you have waited to get like the Vanguard Award at the MTV Awards and done that like tribute performance? It's just too, I'll say this. I think for me, if it was just Usher, because Usher was just by himself for a very, very long time. Like he was the only like R&B artist doing that thing. Then of course we had the crops of like the Omarions and Chris Browns and stuff. But I think that seeing him and his movements now and his performances with Chris Brown in the same vicinity and folks that, you know, are a little younger and moving and doing sort of what he did when he came out. It's odd for me. Yeah. And I like I said, I'm just from the school of not to say stop doing what you've always done, but it is okay to pull back a little bit. Like I think that 
Justin Timberlake u- utilizes his backup dancers because, you know, he's a little older and, you know, you start getting <laughs> a little rusty. You can't be clean forever. Beyonce is on, but she utilizes her backup dancers. Like, they're there not just as props. They're there literally to back her up so she can give you a vocal when she needs to give it right. to you. But Usher was really out of breath. Sing. She has an exceptional voice. Usher's like, me around the house. She does, but, like, <laughs> Usher was out of breath after he gave us that Migos rap in the beginning of the performance. This that wise. was too much. See, that's too much. It's him performing Amigos flow. Why just start? Why Why do you have to do that? I understand you're trying to be clean and young and all that. Leave it to be Bieber. You have him there for all that. Like, just get on, just, you know. I didn't mind the BET tribute to himself. That was more like a remember me. I minded Wh- the hat that he what? wore. Well, he needs to let that go. That's just (laughs) never going to happen. He's been trying to do that for a while. But I think my only thing was it was just low budget. Like, if you're going to do that, then make it a spectacle, make it an event. Or, to be honest, I don't think MTV at this point is going to give him the Vanguard Award because that's about attracting the audience. And I think Osher ultimately lost that audience. But at the BET Awards, which still usually sometimes out, you know, gets higher ratings than MTV, BET will give him that kind of thing and then let people tribute him. He should have done, he should have made it grander, but he already gave that away too. The video for She Came to Give It To You came out and I was too busy watching the video of Drake and Nicki Minaj going to a bodega and buying snacks. And like, the, And there it is. Like that, it, uh, to me, it overshadowed the video. I wanted <laughs> to see Drake is. and Nicki instead of Usher at a club. I like, and I like the music video. My review was like, oh, it's cute. I'll never watch it again, but it was cute. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. All right, so wait, speaking of cute or not cute, um, this is... A topic that Taj is looking forward to talk about. Um, uh, during the VMAs, there was a photo that surfaced of Ariana Grande and Big Sean. But I think it was n- it was like rumored and talked about, but it wasn't really. There was no PDA or no photos of PDA until the VMAs. Actually, oh, a few weeks ago, <laughs> some man went to the movies. I believe it was in Florida. And he live tweeted through the movies that he was sitting behind Big Sean and Ariana Grande. And people were like, you are a liar. He absolutely took a picture of them and put it up on Twitter. And they were holding hands and like really close with a big black bodyguard behind them. That's very, that's very creepy. But, um. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, celebrity (laughs) sighting, TMZ does it. so. So you are a huge fan of this, of this new couple. I am. I, um. By the because way, Taj is smiling. I am. So hard. I just I love it. So, um, you know, I think when he showed up on Problem as the voice whispering, it was a little odd to me. <laughs> and my first thing was like, oh, well, that's rude. Like, you don't like Naya anymore. But then I was like, huh, why is it you? Why are you here? So I've liked them because I think that Big Sean is kind of like this. I think he's a good guy, and I think that she's not as innocent as we think. Like, yes, she looks like she's 16. She is a 21-year-old woman, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see, like, where it goes. Their song, Best Mistake, is really, really good. I love that song. It's, like, one of the best songs on the album, and I think that um, it's nice to just see people genuinely connected and, you know, trying to keep it private for once, because her last relationship was hella public. We know what happened to him in his last relationship. So it's sort of like, you know, they were there for each other. He chills at her house with her dog and stuff, like we've seen on Instagram. So, guy, stop lying. He favorites her tweets. <laughs> okay. She just lied to Ryan Seacrest yesterday. Yeah, well, she was very, like, hush-hush. She was just like, I'll talk to you I'll about it you offline. Yeah. Ha-ha. Uh, I don't really think they're trying to keep that that private. They're just being more selectively discreet. My thing about Big Sean is, I mean, I really don't. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Care who he's dating? I like Ariana Grande. I bought her first album. Her second one is cute. But, I mean, with Naya, he was trying to be like, the Forever 21 version of Kimmy, and now this is like the rainbow version of like Kimmy. My thing about Big Sean <laughs> is that you, I, rainbow? no one talks about his music now. It's just like who he's with. And, well, he hasn't released. And why are you positioning yourself as kind of like this celebutant? It's like a, re- it's how a reality star would. Act. I am absolutely stuck on the rainbow I version. I love that. Oh, <laughs> I, I just, I do. If they're happy, you're happy. I really am. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what I wanted to talk about all along, Blue Ivy. Um, so she was super cute at the VMAs when she was kind of doing the hand gestures to Flawless while her mama was doing it during her performance. Um, and it was, you know, of course, I, I love Beyonce. I loved her performance. But that was just too adorable to not even, like, spotlight. What, I mean, what overall, you guys did kind of talk a little bit about it earlier in the episode. But what did you guys think of Beyonce's overall Beyonce. You can't see me, but I'm like literally smiling. I feel like my spirit He's is being guys. lifted. <laughs> um, no, it was great. Um, literally, I'm like swooning. I don't know. It was a, she's everything. Like, I'm sorry. I'm a gay man from Houston, Texas. So Beyonce is just like everything to me. But I thought it was great. It was very. Uh, I literally, I'm like, I should do better. I'm gonna write a enunciate. Um, no, it was just very well done. It was well sequenced. She. It wasn't too over the top. Like, her vocals were really great. I think she highlighted literally every great thing about her as a performer and a singer. So it was just nice to see. It was very mature. I, I love the fact that she stood behind the feminist thing because literally, no matter what she does, somebody, I guess it's clickbait, but, like, overly dissect whether or not she can be a feminist. Right. She's, like, owned everything. I just thought it was very well done. The thing at the end was really sweet, and she was like, yay, mommy. That yeah. Was just, that was adorable. That was cute. What I'm mad they made us wait that long, though. For what do you mean? I mean, I got why they made us wait until the very end to watch, but they were gonna get those ratings. Yeah, because oh, I would have been, I would have been pieced out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like everyone joking, but really was serious when they said that. So when is this Beyonce or when yeah. is this Beyonce performance happening? Or why are these people opening up for Beyonce? Like it, it was, was serious. Yeah, like people joked, but it was pretty much what we all thought and were waiting for. I am. Um... <laughs> Beyonce and I, you know, we have a complicated relationship. Um, it's I'm more pray love, for you. love now. Um, I always have respected her as a performer. Like, she's really untouchable when it comes to that. Like, nobody's on that level of performance art, period. It doesn't matter. Um, I was kind of disappointed 
with MTV, and I may have missed it if I looked away, but, like, did y'all not give her an intro? Like, a video montage of her videos? No one introduced her. I would have loved to see Kelly and Michelle get up there and introduce her Mm -hmm. since they weren't included in the performance. And I I can understand not wanting to make it look too much like the Super Bowl. Right. But um, I I wanted a little bit uh, more fanfare for this award as we've seen in the previous years justin timberlake had a short video montage before and you saw uh jimmy fallon go on and on and on after i mean i get it well you he need we needed to be reminded why he was getting that award with with mother it's just like beyonce you're like yeah (laughs) don't do that don't do that but i do think that there should have been an intro like just don't come out commercial and do this stop it you guys had enough time um i think it was great for American fans especially because she didn't tour her Beyonce pieces from that album. Like, we've seen some of it on On The Run, but we didn't really get everything in full. I actually could have dealt with MTV giving her 45 minutes to do each and every full song. Like, to be completely honest, because I felt cheated sometimes. I wanted more. And I want, you know, I like to sing along and, you know, she's altering songs and stuff. (laughs) But, um... Overall, I think I, I don't know that there is anyone that's really more deserving of something like that at this moment. And I, I loved her, um, her leotard. And I generally yes, wasn't it amazing. Yeah, and I generally am not one that is here for like one couture disco anything, ball. But that was. I mean, but that's that's now become like her thing. I mean, it clearly is, yeah. other people do it wear is, leotards like, during performance. That but thing yeah. is something special i like the backup dancers like shimmery legs and ass and but like all i mean it was all great and i think that even though she has performed like two or three songs or maybe a little a couple more from the album like it that's what set it apart is that we got the entire album Mm -hmm. um and maybe just like a little snippet of like i think pretty hurts was like a little audio snippet of it and superpower was like an audio snippet of it she got me at blue though I can say I've listened to Blue two times before this only because the first time I listened, I cried because I'm close with my mom. Then I watched it in a music video and I was like, I'm not doing, I literally out loud was like, Beyonce, we're not doing this again. Like, so when she sang it and she choked up, I was like, girl. Yeah, that will lower your thug level all the way down. And then when Blue was clapping, I was like, you know what? (laughs) It was a great, like, that was like really a great moment. And I think, I mean, we've seen Beyonce like cry in her like documentaries a little bit, maybe get choked up here and there, but to really see her get emotional in the middle of a performance was something right. real. You know, I love to connect with whoever I'm watching. So that was like well, a I really, mean, really big thing. That's super important. That's what everyone should. But That's what a, a good artist makes you do is connect with them. It made the show, I feel. Yeah. No, I don't feel. It did. It made the show. <laughs> yeah. So, Michael, I consider you, and I feel like listeners can now agree, a uh, part of the Beehive. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> I've, been, I've been here since 98. <laughs> So I wanted to get your thoughts on pretty much everything, but also Blue Ivy. Like, I feel like Blue Ivy has been criticized for her little baby hair for like a minute. And on 106 in Park on BET, Cruci, yes. um recited a joke. You know, the Beehive kind of went after her afterwards. Let her have it. Oh, I read. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was your thought on the situation? As soon as I saw it, I was immediately pissed. I mean, because it's, it's, it's complicated for, like, multiple reasons. One, because it's just another sign of, like, how mean people are and how this is, like, celebrity culture. But then it also points to, like, 
black pathology and how we continue to kind of like police people's hair. And it was like a judgment of, it's essentially a judgment of Beyonce as a mother because you feel like her her child's hair is unkept because of its texture. If anything, I think somebody like Beyonce who, you know, relies on like these blonde weaves and all this stuff to let her daughter run that free. And she's all, Beyonce's always been like primed and prop. She lets her child do what she wants. And it's a baby. It's like she's two yeah. years old. Yeah. The thing about being teen in particular though, I said, oh, here we go. I think, I, I think a, there are certain people of a certain age who give BET no credit for evolving but then there'll, there'll always be something that'll happen and people will immediately pounce be like there y'all go and this is one of those things where I just think uh, could you why did you have to do that and I feel I mean Karuchi said she was in a beehive but honestly I'm sorry if I had a script and even if I didn't know you made a line change and you came for the goddess or even like her <laughs> child I'm like, oh, I'm not reading that. We don't do that. And I'd be like, Beehive. Like, and I don't care if I'm a rabbit crazy fan because it's Beyonce. But the thing about the hair, though, you know, somebody, a few people pointed out, no one does that about Northwest. Because there was another comment, like, Vivo took shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody would care, I guess, because it was Kim Kardashian. But these are babies. Like, these are children. They're off limits. Like, you should leave them alone. Like, it's bad enough we kind of target collectively, like, these adults. But to come out of the child that way, it's just, it's just nasty and it won't stop. For, for reference, for... Vivo went on Twitter, I believe it was like right after Beyonce's VMA performance and made some also like a tasteless joke of like Blue Ivy will ask Northwest what her mom does. So what does your mom do? Yeah. And it's just like, come on. Like, which was surprising to come from Vivo. But and then they owned it. They were like, yeah, like (laughs) we said it. What? (laughs) That's it. It's like they're babies. Like they're babies that should be allowed to go run around and just be babies. I have thoughts. Um, <laughs> just, just as like a black woman, I do not like the natural hair conversation. I cannot like it makes me cringe as much as the skin color conversation. More debate is what you don't. Uh, yeah, it's the it's fact the that debate, it's a debate. But what ends up happening is situations like this where textures divide. Like sort of as to say, you can be natural if your hair is curly and soft and flows, but if it is a little bit more coarse and has a tighter curl, it's not okay. Then on top of it again, it's a baby. It's a baby. And in Karuchi's defense, I think that for someone who does not do this all the time, like host up all the time, it may have been a little bit difficult for her to catch. And right. I'm not saying That's that it true. was right. Or to remix but, kind of Or ASAP. to remix because it's like when you're reading a prompter and it's going at that speed, you're literally sometimes reading and not thinking. Mm-hmm. And you could see like as soon the dude that was next to her was reading it and he didn't have to say anything. So his whole face is just like, damn. And like Karuchi's just like going and then at the end she's like, oh. It clicked like they going to get me. <laughs> and just, she knew like right away, as soon as she, it came out of her mouth, she was like, Sorry. And just the point, like even the optics, to have Karuchi you know, this half black girl with this long hair kind of make that joke on a black network. It it just made it even worse. Like it just literally played into every bit of like pathology that we inter- we have internally about hair texture. And I'm just like, why would y'all do this? Now she's not coming back next year. I mean, she, <laughs> it'll well, be like- Stephen L said, did go on Twitter and say that he, I mean, apologized to them privately. He went on Twitter and apologized and apologized um, to Karuchi for- positioning her in that manner um and you know like i said earlier coochie also went on twitter and apologized and said that she didn't write the script sometimes like the media does get a little out of control making fun of babies because like not only are you making fun of a baby you are talking about like michael said someone's parenting Mm -hmm. in a way just 
the way that the internet is is just kind of like it's disgusting sometimes. Yeah. And it is like a bullying type of culture sometimes and and it um guys we have to stop. So I'm trying to say. Yeah. So a source internally told AP that one of the producers from 106 and Park was let go after the joke. And there was also rumors that BT went on hi- hiatus because of that. But Taj, you said earlier that the hiatus was p- definitely planned. It had that, nothing yeah. to do with... Like, if you are a media professional, especially, and you think that an entire production in general could just shut down out of nowhere because of a controversial moment that can be dealt with behind the scenes. Yes. It doesn't even make sense. But um, yeah, that height. I hope that producer finds a bunker though, because the bee have coming. <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, yeah, it was, it was pre-planned. That has nothing to do with The it. impact of the beehive. Tell me about your guys' reach, because... Y'all Listen. go in. Well, I'm not that bad. I mean, I'll read <laughs> you, but I won't like tell you to die like some of them. <laughs> yeah, that that actually concerns me how <laughs> the depths to which they go. But then, to be honest, I do laugh. Like yeah. actually, when Tamar, Selena Johnson, and Kiki Wyatt, they were on like some radio show and they joked about Blue Ivy's hair. Ooh, that clapback was instant. Like, <laughs> and I was looking at Karuchi's timeline. They cussed out Stephen Hill, BET, Karuchi. Yeah. It's like an international, multi generational, multi like every <laughs> every span of human of our human species will let you have it over Beyonce. Because I mean, it's Beyonce, so I get it. But you know, I wouldn't tell people to die. That's mean. But I'm just saying, like, I wonder if that's like the most dedicated fan base, now, at least U.S. Yes. fan base. Yes. No, they they get they get buck over overseas too. I've seen international <laughs> fans come for you, like the the Australian beat uh, on Twitter handle. Yeah. They meet like there they go, get them. <laughs> on that note, is there anything else that you guys wanted to discuss? Any topics? I want to briefly shout out Nicki Minaj for the VMAs because I think she finally learned how to move that new piece of equipment, oh. and she has really <laughs> stepped it up as a performer. And I just think I salute her. Oh, and Kimberly Jones, stop. <laughs> You can't Wait, release a song I called Identity Theft and then bite Nicki Minaj's flow on No Oh, yeah, on. that was also something that people were talking about this week. Is Stop, Kim. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I um, went through the track list of her hardcore mixtape that she's coming out with, and none of the songs that she's um, put out are on the mixtape. So I'm wondering if she's going to switch it up and put all those remixes on there. And if so, it's literally going to be like a Nicki Minaj diss mixtape. But I- the thing about it is... If y'all think Onika is responding to any of this more than once, like, it's not going to happen. Because at this point, you, you're keeping her name in your mouth because it keeps your name in everybody else's mouth. But it's not necessarily a good thing at this point. And I think that it's done. Leave it alone. You lost. You even lost the beef. Like, she, Nikki dissed you on, like, numerous songs, including a Britney Spears song. Like, it's, it's over. You lost. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just wondering what it, what's going to come of all these songs. I don't think that Nikki will respond, but not to say that Nikki hasn't responded before, because, I mean, that's the reason why we call this a beef to begin with, because they both went at each other. What What like, are you going to say, Michael? What? Kim started it. Nikki handled it. Kim trying to keep it going. But at this point, she just it's another missed opportunity like Usher. I just I always say, had she aligned herself with Nicki Minaj, she could have been like the cool auntie to all these little young kids. And she could have helped pull her back in. And now she, and just, she could have been she, getting checks. She literally is what Nikki described in that interview with Angie Martinez. She looks like a sore loser. Yeah, I mean, but I also think the beef runs deep, you know, with the whole young money going with Nikki. And supposedly Kim was talking to young money, cash money. Like, I, I well, think Kim that there's. Well, Kim's a hater too, though. 
I think there's clearly a story behind the beef. It's just more of like, does it need to keep going? Nicki Minaj at this point is like Beyonce and Kim is teetering towards like Farrah Franklin. Let it go. <laughs> Not Well, you know what? Lil' Kim says they're going to cuss me out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but like he yes. just mentioned Nicki. I have to say I really enjoyed the opening of the VMAs. And I'm glad Jessie J has really found exactly what her sound is. She she blows. Yeah. She blows. And, of course, Ariana Grande was there. And I, I, I love Nikki for holding it all together during the wardrobe malfunction. I respected that, that she kept her little smile and she went up there even though her Hold her dress wasn't open. buttoned up. Yes. And just what, kept Was she accused of staging it? I saw something about that, but I didn't really. I don't think you would want to risk way, She all gave that. me, I'm going to look like Jessica Rabbit trying to avoid a Janet Jackson. And I salute her. Like, I'm team Minaj too. So I, I, I love Nikki. Well, I appreciate you guys for coming on the podcast and of gossiping course. with me and telling me all about the beehive. Shout out to the hive. <laughs> <laughs> Long live the king. But thank you guys. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.